Welcome to the West Virginia Writers Podcast, a service of West Virginia Writers Incorporated, the Mountain State's largest all-volunteer nonprofit organization dedicated to writers. Established and incorporated in 1977, West Virginia Writers continues to support writers in writing statewide through program sponsorship, an annual writing contest, and an annual summer writers conference. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the organization, its members, and events, as well as writers throughout Appalachia and beyond. And now, broadcasting from atop a hill in Mercer County, here is your host, Eric Fritzhughes. Thank you, Gertrude, and hola, listeners. Welcome to Episode 35 of the West Virginia Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fritzhughes. This week, we're podcasting the first of three recorded live readings taken from events that West Virginia Writers has produced as part of Festival 2010. Festival is an annual arts festival, as you might expect. This year, it's taking place June 18th through the 27th in Charleston. As of this podcast, two of our events have already occurred, but we have one more to go, which will be the Afternoon with West Virginia Writers, taking place from 3 until 4.15 on Saturday, June the 26th at the Clay Center's Walker Theater in Charleston. Now, many of the acts that were featured at our Friday night entertainment at our summer conference will be returning for this event, including Kat Pleska, Susan Nicholas, Kathleen Coffey, some material from Terry McNemer, Wilma Akery, Granny Sue Holstein, myself, and special guest actor, poet, and playwright David Selby. We hope if you're in the Charleston area on the 26th, you'll come out and see us live. The event that we're podcasting today, however, is a panel discussion on the topic of publishing that was recorded on June the 19th at Taylor Books on Capitol Street in Charleston. Taylor Books asked us to put this program together and graciously hosted the event in their store, which is a charming, charming place. I highly recommend if you haven't been to Taylor Books yet, you pop on by there and see what they have to offer, particularly if you're looking for a copy of our anthology, Seeking the Swan, which they have in stock. This panel is moderated by our incoming West Virginia Writers President, Kat Pleska. And because this podcast is extra long, coming in at around an hour and 45 minutes, we will split it into two parts for your downloading convenience. We now turn things over to Kat Pleska. Hey, welcome everybody. And, and I know it's warm in here, but it's a heck of a lot cooler than it is outside. So I'm grateful for that. And today, I, I, uh, my name is Kat Pleska. I'm the incoming president of West Virginia Writers Incorporated. And in conjunction with uh, Taylor Books, uh, we put this publishing panel together uh, uh, as part of the festival uh, events. And uh, so we're, we're glad to be able to do this. And we hope there will be more in the future because uh, we all want to be published. Yes? <laughs> Absolutely. Myself included. Uh, so I want to introduce you to um, our panelists here today. Um, and I'm only going to say just a few words uh, about them because they're going to talk about what they're here to do and what, and what they represent. Um, right here on my immediate right is Abby Freeland. Um, she's uh, the um, PR marketing manager uh, for West Virginia University Press. Uh, to her right is uh, Brian Hatcher. Uh, are you also an editor? I know you're author editor. Yes, I am editing an anthology right now. Editing an anthology for Woodland Press. And uh, to his right is Michael Nost, uh, an award-winning um, author, and you're also an editor for Woodland Press. And then um, last but not least is Kathy Teets with Headline Books. And um, so I, to start this off, I'm just going to ask uh, uh, each of you to um, we begin with Abby uh, and just to describe a little bit about what you do and a little bit about the press. Okay, Abby? Hi everyone, I'm Abby Freeland, and as Kat said, I work for West Virginia University Press in Morgantown. Um, I actually, before, I've been with WVU Press for about a year and a half, and before that I was living in England where I received a master's in publishing, and also worked for a publisher in the UK for about a year. Um, if anyone needs a copy of my handout, I don't know, everyone's gotten one, but And as many of you probably know, we uh, publish works of high quality for scholars, students, and avid readers. WVU ha Press has an imprint that we call Vandalia Press, and that is for our more creative works, so short story collections or fiction, creative nonfiction, and poetry. And under our WVU Press imprint, we do more scholarly works about history um, and social policy. We also publish 
about five journals a year. So many of you may be uh, familiar with West Virginia History Journal. We also have a few medieval studies journals, things like that. And we are scholar scholarly press, that, and we're part of WVU. So we're also part of the Association of American University Presses. And a university press is defined as the publishing arm of a university or college. And to qualify for full AAUP membership, a press must publish five or more schol scholarly books a year. And we also have to have a board of faculty members who approve all the books that we publish. So that's also part of our process. Um, if you look at my handout, you'll see under the publishing process, we have five main steps that we go through in order to publish a book. And the first, of course, begins with authors sending in their manuscripts to our editorial board. And what happens when the editors at our press receive a manuscript is they will read the manuscript, determine how they feel about that. And then we also go on to send those manuscripts to be peer reviewed. So that means people who are professionals in the field, if it were a scholarly book, so if it's a history book, it'll go out to professors of history. Or if it's a fiction or poetry, a collection of poetry, it'll go out to your peers, other writers who the press may have a relationship or you as an author may have a relationship with several other authors. So your manuscript would then go out to probably five or six people who would read that manuscript and give us feedback about it. And if we get enough positive feedback, then we may ask you to revise your manuscript in some way or we may decide to go ahead and start the editorial process. So once that happens, since we are part of AAUP, we must then take a manuscript and also an editorial and sales report to a committee that is part of the university. So that means about 10 professors from different fields in the university will also look at your manuscript and our reports that say things about who we think the audience will be, how many books we think we can sell, um, what the competing titles may be, all that sort of thing. And then that board of professors will decide if they think we should go ahead and start publishing it. So after the board reviews and approves the manuscript, we then go into an editorial process, which is what I'm sure you're both very familiar with. Um, I don't actually do that. I work in marketing, so that's later down the line. But in our office, editors will help with content. So they will go through the manuscript that you've written and see if everything sort of flows correctly. They'll check your facts. They'll look at grammar somewhat, but it's more content that they're worried about at that point. So we hope when we receive manuscripts that you've already done a lot of the grammatical corrections and things like that. Yes. Our editors focus, <laughs> focus on content. Um, and of course, there is proofreading that's done, but something that we really want our authors to think about is that editing is different than proofreading. So we really expect you to proofread for us, and then we go ahead and do editing from there. So then, of course, once that editorial process is done, we move into a different division in our publishing house, which is production and design. And of course, that deals with laying out books, how we want your book to, to look, how long we want it to be, what shape we want it to be. You can see we have several different layouts, that sort of thing. And we also have a designer in-house who does our covers for us. And sometimes if he's very busy, we'll contract a designer to do that with for us. But in the office, we all like to work very closely with the authors and developing covers, finding images that we think are appropriate, that sort of thing, just to attract an appropriate market. And then from production and design, you come work with me in marketing and sales. And we actually develop marketing plans very closely with authors because you're the expert of the book so we want your help with finding customers and that sort of thing so we'll develop marketing plans um, where we will create advertising campaigns decide if we want to create flyers to send out to people who may be interested in buying your book or if you are producing a scholarly book we we like to send out brochures and flyers to professors who might adopt your book in their classroom that sort of thing we do a lot of email campaigns where we'll shoot emails out to customers hoping that they'll be interested and click through and buy your book, all that sort of thing. And another thing that is very helpful for us is we have a distributor and it's called Chicago Distribution Center. And about 80 university presses um, work with Chicago Distribution Center. 
And the great thing about them is not only do they, they create sales reports for us and that sort of thing, but they also pack up our books and send them throughout the world for us. And they also have a sales team, which will go into bookstores and take one of our catalogs and talk directly with booksellers to try to get your book into a bookstore. And they're, you know, they're very big and international, and we found this to be very helpful in promoting sales and things like that. And twice a year, we create catalogs, which you're each welcome to if you'd like one. And we have sales conferences with those salespeople at Chicago Distribution Center, and we go through and talk about the market, who we want them to target, what sort of bookstores, that sort of thing. So twice a year, we create a new books catalog. We send them out to everyone we can think of in hopes of selling the book. Um, I think if you look on the opposite side of my handout, I provided some information about what we actually published and how you could go about sending in your manuscript to us if you're interested in submitting. You'll see a list of subjects that we're currently commissioning, such as Southern history, regional architecture, natural history of West Virginia and Appalachia, essays and photography is something we're interested in, and of course West Virginia and regional culture. We also have a medieval studies list, which is very academic, so but if you're into medieval studies, of course, we encourage that. And then we do fiction, novels, and short stories. We do a bit of poetry, but we prefer to um, reprint collections of poetry that have gone out of print rather than simply getting a new author. Um, we also like to publish art books. We're really interested in doing big, fancy, nice, pretty books. So if you're an artist, get a hold of us. And then, of course, biographies of famous West Virginians and Appalachians as well. And if you go down through this um, sheet, you'll just see a little more of how, how we prefer you to submit your manuscript. So we would like, uh, with your manuscript, we'd like you to have a summary, an overview of what your book is about. If you're a, an academic book, a professor, we also like to have a table of contents. Of course, that doesn't necessarily specifically apply to a work of fiction, but it's also helpful for you to map out your book for us. For sample chapters, we like to have your CV or resume so we know more about you and how you could help us market the book and sell the book. And then, of course, the manuscript. And one thing I think to keep in mind if you are sending your manuscript into a university press is that it does take time to publish your book because we go through the review process where people in our office review it, we send it out to be peer-reviewed, and that normally takes at least six weeks or more. And, you know, you can't always depend on someone sending you um, their peer review back right away. So that takes, you know, three or four months right there. Then we have to go to a, com a board committee with the university and then go through editorial and production. So with the university press, it does take a lot of time because we have checks and balances. So you can't really expect your book to be published within the year that you've submitted your book your book to us. It could be over a year or more. So that's just something to think about if you ever submit your manuscript to a university press. And I'm sure all of you are aware of how to set up your, paper, your manuscript for us, but if you ever need any resources, I have also provided you some as well on this handout. That's it. I didn't bring a handout, but I'm, I'm just not that interesting. So. Uh, and that's true. It is very true. That's really true. Uh, my name is Brian J. Hatcher. I am an author and poet. Uh, I've been published for about the last four or five years. Uh, most of my work has been in anthologies uh, with, um, with Woodland Press, uh, Legends of the Mountain State series, and, and other series. Uh, I've also had poetry published in Weird Tales magazine, uh, in a Canadian anthology called Leonard Cohen, You Are a Man, and we'll have a poem coming out in, uh, in a, a poetry anthology put out by Shroud Publication uh, entitled The Terror of Miskatonic Falls. It's a very interesting kind of a themed poetry anthology where a, um, a small New England town is cut off by the snowstorm 
and by the time the snow melts and everyone's able to, to get in uh, to get into this town, everybody is gone, and there's nothing left but all these poems that people wrote, you know. And uh, so I'm, what's interesting about it is they have an artist who's going to be doing, uh, for each poem, they're going to be doing artwork to kind of depict where these poems were found. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with, with my little piece of work. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I've also had flash fiction published in Shroud Magazine. I um, um, also have a, a short story that will be coming out in, a, in an anthology entitled Bloodlight 2 Overbite. It's a comedy horror anthology edited by Kevin J. Anderson. Um, so, yeah, it, it should, it's... Uh, you should see the cover, too. The cover. The cover has uh, oh. fangs with uh, braces. Yes. So... It's, uh, it was that was a lot of fun. So and I um, and I am just now finishing up with um, my submission period for my first anthology that I'll be editing for Woodland Press entitled Mountain Magic: Spellbinding Tales of Appalachia. So and uh, it's really surprised me uh, the amount and locations of, of of the authors that have been sending me things in. I I've gotten stories from Venezuela and Argentina. I have one uh, poem that I'm going to be that I, looks like I'm going to be using in the anthology that came from the Czech Republic. That's really good, and it's very Appalachian. Uh, I didn't realize how much the Czech Republic is into Appalachian culture, but they are obsessed with it. I had no idea. They have all these bluegrass bands in the Czech Republic. <laughs> I did. I had no idea. But they they love us there. They love Appalachian culture as as a country. They're they're, they're about obsessed with it. And uh, from somebody halfway across the world to write an English poem that, that I thought captured something really beautiful about Appalachian culture and also magic, I thought was just amazing. But, you know, that's, that's the nice thing about being an editor is you get to learn all these really, you know, you get to, ex you, you start out with a subject and then you get to see how other people look at it. And that broadens your view of it. You going into it, you know what you think about something. But to see other viewpoints in, in that topic, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, so uh, that's that's me, and uh, um, you know, we'll, I'm sure we're going to have some question and answer afterwards. Yes, so, we are. You know, please feel free to you know ask me anything that you want to know. So, uh, before we move to Michael, I wanted to say I've been in the Czech Republic, and you know what? It looks like here. Mm -hmm. yeah. It very much looks like our landscape. In fact, they've even got uh, uh, strip mining. Mm -hmm. oh. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> some incredible did. and some incredible Sorry. bluegrass bands. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I'm going to try the next time I'll. Oh yeah, they yeah. said some of they had some amazing, amazing bluegrass yeah. bands in the Czech Republic. So yeah. I, who knew? Yeah. And they have their own redneck jokes. Oh, they do. <laughs> oh, I gotta see those. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Brian. Michael. Uh, my name is Michael Noss. That's my pen name, by the way, and uh, my real name is Mike Collins. And I tell you that because I've written under both. I started out with uh, Mike Collins. Well, I, I changed it to Michael Nost because it starts with a K, and I write generally under Nost in the horror genre. So my books will fall on the shelves between Stephen King and Dean Koontz. <laughs> Every little bit helps. So, um, I, I've, I've written a lot of stuff in... Um, uh, non-fiction as far as music I'm, I've worked in radio I've managed radio stations for, for 20 years or so no longer do it uh, lost enough hair and I wanted to keep what I'm, the two that I have left um, and I began doing a lot, a lot of stuff in uh, the fiction side uh, I have edited the uh, Legends of the Mountain State series which have been extremely popular Number four is coming out in uh, October. And let's see, what else have I done? <laughs> oh, uh, how about uh, the Stoker Award winning Writer's Workshop oh, yeah. of Horror? Yeah, yeah. I went to um, Brighton, England in March and won the, uh, the award there. Um, that book also won the Black Quill Award. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've also edited, let's see, uh, Appalachian... Winter Hauntings. Winter Hauntings. Also uh, did... Um, See, he looks at me because... Dark Tales of Dark, Terror. Dark Tales of Terror, West Virginia Anthology. And you One of the authors is here, too, by the way. That's Eric. Yeah, Eric is in. That's right. 
And you're uh, editing an anthology now, uh, sort of old wives' tales and superstitions mm-hmm. on the basis. Also, I'm doing one called Specters in Coal Dust, which is all ghost stories set uh, in coal mines, which will be coming out uh, later this year as well. And I'm doing uh, an, an equivalent with another publisher to the Writer's Workshop of Horror, which will be called Writer's Workshop of Science Fiction and Fantasy, which will be coming out later this year as well. And I'm doing another another project with another uh, another publisher that is going to be called uh, uh, Barbers and Beauty, which will be uh, four stories on one side called Barbershop Quartet by four major horror writers. And then the other side, when you flip the book over, it will be uh, four stories by, it's called uh, Beauty Shop Quartet. And it'll be four female writers writing stories related in that. Um, And I'm currently writing a novel right now, a Mothman novel. So that'll be coming out. I've tried to do it for this year, but uh, the way things are going, it'll be probably next year. But um, I'm a columnist for uh, a couple of magazines, and um, uh, that's about it. I teach. I teach writing as well. In fact, I'm going to be teaching a a course this uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, next Saturday, in Huntington. So if anybody's interested, let me know. Kathy Teets. My name is Kathy Teets. I'm the president and owner of Headline Books. And if you all didn't get a catalog, they'll be up here. We're using them for fans right now. I'm stealing one myself. Help yourself. (laughs) Um, I've been publishing books since 1985. Our first book was Killing Waters. It was about the flood of 85. I used to own the newspaper in Preston County and decided that we love the publishing business, so we sold the newspaper, and now I have about 80 titles in it. I've got 30 authors who travel, speak, do workshops, and book signings, and I publish fiction, nonfiction, and I have a lot of children's books. My books are back on the table, and you can see some here. I would encourage any prospective author to see these guys before you see me. Editing, proofing are so important. Um, as a publisher, we get 10 to 15 submissions a week. And I'm a really small publisher. I have three readers, and we send the manuscripts out to the readers. And as she was saying, it can take months. I tell people if you're really in a hurry, don't submit to headline books. <laughs> because we are everybody's pressed for staff. You can never have enough people. Mm-hmm. When you submit to headline books, um, we prefer a synopsis, the first three chapters. If it's a children's book, send me the whole thing plus a sample illustration. I have an in-house artist who's in college, and she's standing in the back there. (laughs) It's my daughter, Ashley. She has illustrated a few of the children's books. You've embarrassed her, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She's used to it. Is she? Okay. Um, But I prefer that the children's books come with artwork. So we'll take a look at it. My children's books have an educational bent to them. We don't do... um, fluffy fairy stories and that type of thing. There's a place for those kind of books. But what Headline Books does is we're putting authors into the schools. We have an aggressive school show program. Our books are character enhancement. Um, we're trying to teach kids grammar, some sort of educational thing. Because a lot of my authors are teachers. And most of my authors are from West Virginia. Um, but editing, proofing, that's first. That's one of the most important things because if you send me a poorly written letter or synopsis, I'm going to take a look at it and send it back and say, you know, you might have a good premise, but you need to work on it, polish it a little bit, send it back. I'll never tell anybody to stop writing because everything you write is a piece of you. 
and it's hard to give it up. It's hard to put it in the mail and send it to somebody. So don't let rejections get you down either, because every publisher is not suited towards your book. I tell people, if you're not a good fit with headline books, I send people a writer's digest, and it has publishers and what they publish and how to approach them. That's a great resource. So my guys, um, when we have all the authors together, they're all pretty similar personality. <laughs> they're real friendly, aggressive salespeople, and they're very passionate about their work. And as she said, you're the expert, and I want you out on the front lines because we work very closely with our, with our authors. Um, we just got back from New York. We had a booth at Book Expo America this year. And I had eight authors, and we had some of the longest lines on the floor. And the most popular authors were the children's book authors. We just won two Mom's Choice Awards. And Melinda Chambers won an award for all three of her books, and Dream of Neil won with Kyle. And Book Expo America is the second largest book fair in the world. Educators, librarians, book buyers, distributors, major publishers. And these two ladies had the longest lines there. It was very exciting. And we gave away a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful as a publisher. <laughs> I know we put them in the right hands. <laughs> and it was a fun experience for everybody. But my guys are on the road because what we do is sell books. It's a business for us and you know, it puts food on the table. So. We're out there marketing. Headline Books does the whole thing. Um, we do distribution. Our books are distributed through Ingram, Baker and Taylor, Holland Library. We just picked up Hudson News, which was very cool. Um, this novel, which has only been out since April, has already won six awards. And we picked up uh, all the airport stores. So this author has been on tour he just flies from airport to airport. <laughs> so, even though I've been doing this for 25 years, we don't know it all. We're continually, continually learning. But we put a lot of emphasis in the subject matter, and then I'll meet with the author, and if I like the author, then we'll talk. And we do proofreading. We don't do editing. We do proof. I have two readers that read front to back and one reader that reads back to front. Because if you read front to back, you get caught up in the story. Your eyes don't catch the, the, or miss, you know, single quote where it should be double quote. And we try, nobody tries to put out books with mistakes, but there's usually one. Usually when you open the book, <laughs> when you get a front yeah. printer, you go, oh, there's that one. So we do our best. And if we think it needs change, we'll suggest that and work with the author to try to get it to be the best book that we think we can sell. So I've got catalogs and I've got some handouts. I don't know if I have enough for everybody. You can take one and pass them around. Uh, this is just general publishing questions. Um, that'll help a first-time author. How many of you are published? Several of you published. You take on the list and pass them in. And here's a good thing. This is an author questionnaire. Um, it's two pages, so make sure you get the shorts. I'll show you um, if I run out, I'll put these up on the website and uh, take a look at it and download it. Um, when you submit to a small publisher like me, I want a marketing plan. I want to know what your target market is, who you think is going to buy the book. Because bookstore sales are down about 14% in general with Waldens and Borders and Books a Million. So every publisher, every publishing conference I've ever gone to in the last year, we're all looking for the the extra market. Like I've got a, an exercise book, my physical therapist, so we're trying to put that in health food stores. 
um, teachers are a good resource for it, books that's not educational supplies that might generally not carry a work of fiction. So, and we, we pick the author's brains because you guys know who's going to buy your book. You know, everybody that comes to me says, well, I know I can sell 500 books. I say, to who? Besides Aunt Mary, you know, <laughs> you know, which is good, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you have an idea of what your market is, and that's what you need to tell your publisher, whether it's me or, or anybody else. Uh, you know, we do um, hardback books, softback books. We do audio books. We do video. We have um, video books. Plus, we have art lessons on DVD, we do calendars, we pull characters out of the children's books and bring the characters to life. This is out of the West Virginia Snow Adventure. Um, my company's about marketing acceptance. We're out there trying to compete with Sesame Street, Mickey Mouse, all that type of thing. So once you get somebody hooked, on your book, then they want the spin-offs, they want the audio book, they want the coloring book, they want our middle school books, we have workbooks for teachers, um, so we can put them right into the school. We sell class packs of 30 or 40 that include a free workbook. So all those are different types of marketing, um, marketing things that we do heavily in books. I do a lot of library conferences, early education conferences, and we book authors when we do those. And I like to have my authors travel with me because teachers want to meet with you guys. And bookstore owners want to meet with the author. So we try to get you out there as much as we can. Um, let me ask a general question. Sure. Could you guys clarify just a little bit the difference between editing and the proofreader. Just a little bit more. For me, um, especially the editing part. The proofreading is the line by line. Editing yeah. is when you start at the beginning of the chapter, you have to have a solid thought. I mean, you can't go from, you know, Philippi, West Virginia to Czechoslovakia and not have any <laughs> transition. And you need your characters to be real people. They can speak more about editing. Proofing, I've had a book turned down because a, a jury found a typo in it. It does happen. It happens. <laughs> Jump in there and say, there's no such thing as a perfect book. Right. And we try to catch them all. And there are certain mistakes like DB mm -hmm. um, that your eye skips over. Your brain yeah. fixes things for you. It as does. You come across it. It's, it does. It does a handy thing, but not when you're writing. But so <laughs> when you're proofing. Uh, when we proof, we're looking at um, commas, apostrophes, that type of thing editing these guys can speak to, but you have to like the character and you have to want to know more about the character. You don't want to know about the character and then all his cousins. You know, you have to stay totally focused so you have a good page turning read. Well, um, it's really true. Honestly, mm -hmm. the editing side more so is going to be content driven rather than um, what it, what form it's in, um, and honestly, you're looking at a whole lot of a lot of things to make sure that you are consistent, and then also you're going to be looking at a lot of things that uh, need researched. For instance, if you have a a western and you have a particular rifle in a particular year. <laughs> And the, you better make sure that the rifle was around at that time. And, and those are little tiny things because in a Western, you know, people who are who read Westerns are historians more so. I mean, and they will know. And, or a science fiction piece. If you have something that the science doesn't jive, you're going to get a lot of letters. And, <laughs> and what will happen from that is you'll get a reputation mm -hmm. for putting out books that aren't sure. accurate. That's right. And if, if we're... If we don't care about anything else, we care about our publishing reputation. Mm -hmm. I mean, they know we do good books, so we try to do sure. them. So the the editing side is uh, there. Are, you have varying degrees as well in, in editing. You, you you have the the uh, where you're doing proofreading, 
and then you have also uh, substantive, and substantive goes into great detail as far as um, you know, all of the things, whether or not you have uh, your, the transitions uh, going from chapter to chapter or scene to scene, or uh, also your characters, you know, do you have a character arc? Uh, and do you have the story arc? Do you, have, do you actually have a story? Because many times I read a lot that there there really is no story to it. Yeah. So that those are things that uh, the editing process can can be very frustrating. And one of the things too, if you're an if you're an author and you're going to edit your own piece first, uh, which I highly suggest you do, uh, set it aside for a while and start writing on something else. And then whenever you you feel that you've got a couple of weeks uh, that you can go back and, and reread it, many times it's it's as if you're reading it for the first time, which it really isn't. Uh, and you're able to see a lot more things, not from the standpoint of of commas and punctuation, but story-wise. Uh, because one of the things that you'll find if you do that is maybe you're saying the same thing several times throughout the story and you don't have to do that. All you have to do is say it once. And that's a yawn or mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and people like her and her or myself will you know pass on it immediately because punctuation and grammar can be fixed very easily. But to go back in and try to find all of the places in the, in the content of the story is much harder. And a lot of times that will be a, a deal breaker. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's important to remember, especially a lot of larger publishing houses or university presses, editors do things with content and to content. Um, for instance, a lot of editors acquire and, and commission um, titles because they fit into their, the lists that they have. So some publishers might just publish design books or fashion books or history books or African-American literature. So a lot of editors already have working relationships with people in those fields and they might come up with an idea that they think, you know, is really on the pulse of society and um, try to find people to write those books. So editors sometimes do help you plan your book or they do ask you to do things certain ways. But they also do things to content, whether it's to help you standardize it Um, For instance, we like everything submitted in Chicago style, Um, whether it's to help it make more sense or for you to do more research and, you know, all that sort of thing to make sure everything's accurate. But some editors at different publishing houses have different roles. Some are commissioning editors, some are acquiring editors. So they do things with and to content, not just correcting grammatical errors. That's right. One of the most extreme examples, I have two, but the most extreme is a book that we published um, that came out in November called Escape from Dubai. The author is French. He is from Paris, and he was a former French Secret Service agent. He retired from that, and he moved to Florida and started building many luxury submarines for the wealthy. He met a sheikh from Dubai, took the business to Dubai, and that's what the story's about. So he ended up, they took his passport, put him in jail, and he had to escape from the country under cover of darkness, and it's nonfiction. I said, this is really a good book. <laughs> he really liked this. So he wrote it. I said, has it been edited? He said, oh, yeah, his wife edited it. She was a journalist. I thought, good. The wife's Puerto Rican. <laughs> so we had a Frenchman writing English edited wow. by a Puerto Rican. And who did I send it to? Sandy Tritt. <laughs> Sandy Tritt. She is one one of the inspiration for writers. Yeah, she's, she's also an excellent editor. On the board of West Virginia Writers and she has a a cache of editors that work for her that are just ex- excellent. They are. She edits a lot of our books. She's a great editor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was her name again? It's hard to hear back Oh, sorry. Sandy Tritt, uh, Inspiration for Writers, is her business. T-R-I-T-T? T-R-I-T-T. She's very good. S-A-N-D-Y. Sandy Tritt. 
but we, we did end up with a good book and we were trying to get it out in time for the, um, uh, the Florida Book Fair, which was an international fair, and we missed about a week. We oh, couldn't get it out. A hard but it was more important to get a good book because That's right. yeah. your publisher has a lot of money invested in your book. And, you know, yeah. we're going to do the best we can to get it perfect. But sometimes authors don't understand that. They want it right now, right That's now. Right, yeah. We can't do it that quickly. But that was an extreme editing story because I really wanted to do the book. How about we open it up to questions from the audience now? Well, to Abby and... Kathy, is that right? Mm -hmm. um, when you say send us your work, are you talking about hard copies or through an email or a CD or what? I don't take email submissions. Yeah, neither do we. So hard copy, yeah. Because mm -hmm. if you if you make me print it out, I'm not interested. <laughs> well, and see, the, the guys at the conference just wanted email. So. Yeah, we don't. Well, I like it. Then we might yeah. call it in. Um, electronically so we can send it out but my mm -hmm. readers don't read on a computer you know we mm -hmm. read when we travel and most people don't like to sit and read on the computer yeah. and most of your publishers are going to have their their manuscript guidelines on their websites and so forth so yeah. you'll, you'll always be able to know yeah. what they're looking for yeah it's always good to, to check with whatever publishing house that you're that you're dealing with to, to know what you know what form do they want it in um, learning the name of the editor, you know, and making sure it is the name of the editor, and spelling you, it, right. and spelling it right, because <laughs> heaven forbid you send you send a you send something to the editor and it's the wrong name. It's it's a guy whose job she just took, you know. Um, and if the editor's name is Lee, do the research and find out whether Lee is a female or a male, because I've heard a lot of editors say they get, yeah. you know, and, and and you do this how how do you do this research? Yeah. You go on the internet. I mean, on the internet. All you have to do is, is, you know, five minutes, and you can, you can have, yeah. you can find out pretty much what they yeah. had for breakfast by watching them on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's there's no excuse. And and, 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 and uh, you know, Publishers Weekly is also a really good, mm -hmm. a very good Absolutely. resource. It's an excellent resource to know what mm -hmm. you know what's being marketed out there. What what are people interested in? What and who's changing Publishers hands? Weekly? Publishers Weekly. It's a magazine. And who's changing hands? If if you have someone, for instance. When she took over in marketing, probably was in uh, Publishers Weekly that she she was going there. And so yeah, another good source is um, AAUP's website, mm -hmm. so the Association of American University Presses. Um, and another thing, I would I would research the publishing house where you're submitting your work um, to make sure they publish something that you're working on, or otherwise it'll delete. Yep. They won't they won't yeah. read it. Um, I am not an editor, but I get lots of emails from people wanting to publish their work with us. And if I'm busy, I just delete it. I don't forward it on to an editor. So I would make sure that you're sending it to an editor. I would make sure you're sending it to the correct editor. Because right. a lot of times yeah. there will be several editors who work on different lists. And that's usually on their websites as well. So and do your research online. And writer's markets put out every year. That's mm -hmm. what I was getting ready yeah. to say. Can I just real quick tell you how my first book was published? Yes. Um, I had a book where I'd worked in radio for so many years and uh, I, I was at the time I was managing eight radio stations at the same time. Two of those stations were Christian stations and one of them was sort of a teaching preaching type of station and I did critiques for all of my staff and what that meant was I listened to their tapes and I critiqued them on what they were doing wrong and, and praising them for what they did right and so forth. And I had a preacher that wanted to 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 get on the radio. He wanted to, to do a program. And so uh, we were friends, and he asked me to critique him. And he said, man, you're really tough. And I, I well, you know, if you want to be the best, then, you know, you have to go through this. I went through it. And so uh, to make a long story short, too late, right, uh, he he said, you really ought to put this together in a book form because there's nothing out there like this. So I did. And what I did was, uh, after writing all of this material, I spent probably two times longer uh, researching where I was going to put this. And I got, a, I got a the Christian Writer's Market Guide. And I went through that entire book, and it took me nine months. I went through that entire book, and I ranked what I felt were the top ten publishers 
that would be the best fit for that book. That didn't mean that they were the, the biggest names or the biggest publishers. And I, I just took all, of all the information that was in there and I ranked the top ten. So I decided I'm going to send to this one, the first one, and then whenever I get that rejection, I'm going to send it to this one. And when I get that rejection... But I did such good research on it that within two weeks, I had my first book was was purchased. But it was because of the research. I found the perfect match for the book with the publisher. Yeah, I, I have a writerly friend who um, sent out, I think, 100, you know, queries to just general fiction, you know, whatever not one bite mm-hmm. and I kept telling her I said you need to do your research I'm sorry it takes time yeah. but you need to it do does. it yeah. Yeah. but and it pays off and, and don't let rejection get you down because no. it doesn't mean your work's not good it means it's right. yeah. yeah. Stephen King was just rejected uh, what, yeah. last year he was, he was um, a uh, short story that he wrote called uh, N which um, was part of a short story collection that uh, he just he just released uh, it was Marvel Comics did a, a motion stop comic of, of this story a great story he had uh, written a short story and sent it to the New Yorker. And after much deliberation, he said, "Oh, we'd love to publish this, but we can't. It's too long. Doesn't we, it doesn't. It doesn't fit. Um, we, it's and we can't tell you to cut it because it's it's not too long because we think it's you've got you've padded it. No, it's the perfect size for what you're trying to do. We just can't publish something of that size. We don't. We just simply do not have the room. And there are a lot of reasons why editors." You know, have to pass on a piece, and room is a great, you know, is is a great example of this. I mean, I am getting ready to end my submission period for the anthology that I'm working on, and I could easily have that anthology twice the size as I'm contracted to give the publisher, and it would be it would be great. I mean, there wouldn't be a filler in any of it, but I'm contractually obligated to deliver a manuscript of a certain length, so. There are a lot of stories that I'm gonna I'm gonna reject simply because I just don't have the room for them, mm-hmm. and that's the thing about it is I have ne- no none of us here no editor has ever any any editor of any stripe has never written an author and said you're you're no good. Oh never. No, no. I'm you don't. To. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. How many times? Yeah, and it was me you wanted to write it to. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. <laughs> Editors do not reject authors. They reject pieces of paper. The minute the, and trust me when I say this, as as new writers, if you can get past that wall of seeing an editor in in an adversarial role, if you can see them as who they are and as people who are actually on your side, because they want you to send them something good. We're cheering for you. Yeah, they're rooting for you. Yeah. You know, once you, if you can get past that. Beginner thought that you know it's you, that you're trying to get past an editor, you know that that they're that that you're on opposite sides of you know of the field. If you can get past that, you've made your first step to being a pro, a pro author. Absolutely. If I'll you tell you something else too. Is uh, one of the biggest reasons why so many people are rejected is because they don't follow the the s- submission guidelines. Yeah. I did. Uh, I had it. Uh, I had it. Uh, the the Appalachian Winter Hauntings. The the submission guidelines for that was I'm looking for ghost stories, Christmas ghost stories set in Appalachia. Within a half an hour of sub- uh, posting this to the internet, I received a story submission. First of all, folks, that tells me it was a trunk story. They couldn't sell it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They were waiting, and all of a sudden, they sent it to me. I read it. It was written beautifully. It was a nice story, although it had nothing to do with Appalachia, <laughs> nothing to do with Christmas, and there was not a ghost in the story. <laughs> I had to, you know, yeah. reject them. And, and it wasn't because it wasn't a good story. It was because they failed to follow the guidelines, and, and it could have saved them time. And, but also what that does is tells the editor or the publisher that you don't listen. That's right. And we're yeah. not probably interested in, you know, looking at maybe something else because we need people to focus and, and mm. do what we are asking them to do. Yeah. 
the other thing don't I have time oh, to yeah. deal with right. hard hard to deal with people and especially in nonfiction right. I, I'm well, sure I mean there's a lot of people out yeah there. I mean we I mean we deal mostly with fiction but I, and especially in nonfiction how is how are you going to sell your nonfiction book if you can't do the research to find that to find their own to, to find what they what they want if you can't research a publishing house how are you going to research a subject to write a nonfiction book on I have a friend who has a really good website. He's a publisher, and at the end of the the website, it, he said he gives the name of his dog. And if you don't know the name of his dog, then you contact him. He don't want to talk to you because you didn't do your research. Yeah. And he does that for a reason. Yeah. I'm not that picky. Yeah, but I've, I've um, I'm taking the notes on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen authors' manuscripts. Um, be rejected after an editor has worked with them for a lo long period of time simply because the author is hard to work with. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we talk. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Could okay. I have a little inform information on an autobiography? Because I'm on the last chapter now. Mm -hmm. it's, it, like I said, it's all fic it's not fictional. It's all that you're talking about researching and stuff. It has to be done, but it's all, like I said, it's all my life. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing about it, even with an autobiography, I mean, keep it, uh, keep in mind that, um, you know, the, you know, the quote-unquote truth and how you see it, you know, can can be different. So even when you're dealing with thing, even when you're dealing with with moments of your own life, it's usually a good idea to talk to other people who are, you know, around you because. I mean, you're, when you're in the middle of a situation, sometimes it's, it's kind of difficult to to be objective. Yeah, autobiographies can be very difficult because because it is it's, it is very hard to be that, uh, objective. So yes, even in an autobiography, you should do some research. You should definitely talk to other people who are, you know, uh, unless, in that situation. Un with unless you. you want it to be strictly from your perspective. Yeah. No, it's which uh, would be you know could yeah, be skewed. Most of the people in my earlier mm -hmm. childhood. They're all going, so mm -hmm. that uh, I have very good memory of what happened then. Mm -hmm. And the other stuff, like I said, then the rest of my, when I got older, well, those people, I'll check with them and make sure yeah. my daughter. If you have the internet, that's a great source to do a lot of the research that you're possibly looking for, too. Oh, yeah. And one thing I wanted to say, oh, yeah. if, if you're in this for the money, you really need to do something else. <laughs> Amen. Yes. You can you can make some money. You may even be able to pay your bills at some point. But publishing and having a book published, it's it's a work of passion. You have to love it. You have to put in the time. And you know, if you're looking to get rich at this, more than I would say it won't happen, but more than likely, you know, it's not gonna happen. So don't think about this as I'll tell you, it's not going to happen. She, she won't. I'll tell you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not oh, the that's <laughs> that there's not a, a, a tremendous amount of value that is extremely satisfying. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, it is really fun. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's really fun. Yeah. That ends part one of our publishing panel. Part two is also available.